If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. This is our 2023 PGA Championship Tips Podcast, episode 259. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this week's major championship from Oak Hill, New York. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, gents. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org. For more information, and of course, please bet responsibly, visit our world-famous golf betting system website, where we have my in-depth betting preview. We've also got Paul's long shots preview. We've got unique major championship form statistics. We've got PGA Championship form combined with current form stats, and of course, the brand, I love this word, spanking, new predictor model. It's all available, completely free of charge, with no paywall at golf betting system now on twitter barry is at a good tool girl paul is at golf betting i am at bamford golf subscribe to the steve bamford golf youtube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show we just we've just broken through 3400 subs on the youtube channel right now you guys as listeners power this podcast so we need your five star reviews on apple podcasts as ever, for those of you who leave a review, I'll read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name where you are in the review. Okay, this one is particularly short and sweet, chaps. It's entitled, Keep It Moving. Five stars. You ready for it? Go on. I enjoy the course previews. <laughs> that is from DY. One eight seven seven five four three seven eight nine. It's almost like it's a bot. <laughs> I enjoy the course previews. That, that's Keep the, it moving. That, that's the AI uh, summary of the uh, podcast in the, in a nutshell. Eh? Yeah. Brilliant. No, what, what, why say more when you've got a specific part that you enjoy? Um, could enjoy the agronomy as well, Steve Kess, but uh, clearly not. Maybe less is more. <laughs> um, I'm, I, we need to be. I mean, we've got so much to say about the PGA Championship this week. Do we really need to talk about last week? I'll tell you what I'll say. It was an absolute pleasure to see Jason Day triumph. Mm. Um, I put in my preview the golf betting or golf world in general is crazy. He's completely done a 360 with that victory. Because his first ever PGA Tour victory was the AT&T Byron. Yeah. It was actually the HP Byron Nelson in 2010. And then he goes back there in 2023 after all of his trials and tribulations, wins again. Mm. It's a funny old game is golf. 18 to 1 winner. Wasn't there noise about him having issues with vertigo again prior to last week? Just a week before, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. Which we which kind That's, of turned me off. The, yeah. We all could feel the wind coming, and it was really just a matter of. It felt like it was a matter of just clicking the right week. You didn't want to just keep burning week on week of eighteen to ones or 
wherever he was kind of landing. But yeah, the vertigo kind of scared, just put a frightener on me for the week. So it was awesome yeah. to see him win. Really was. What a great final round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, super impressive. You know, scoring was great. and Shot making yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, impressive stuff. Yeah, we always knew he had it, but um, you've always got this nagging doubt in your mind that there's an injury or an illness just around the corner and missed his cut on the previous start. As you say, the, the noise about vertigo kicking around and um, puts a lot of people off. And then he goes and wins. <clears throat> it does. You got Jordan Spieth this week with a bad wrist. Mm. Could that be your winner? Maybe. Jordan was tired after the Masters and he managed to get to the uh, the playoff, didn't he? A few weeks ago at the RBC. All of this stuff that comes out seems to then backfire and actually those players are right in the mix or actually winning yeah. that week. I guess they need a reason or an excuse of some description if they're withdrawing or you know if they're pulling out in the middle of a, an event particularly. Uh, but yeah, Jordan didn't... Yeah, he was one of your pre-event uh, tips last week wasn't he who pulled out he was pulled out JJ Spawn pulled out Yannick Paul pulled out for me Danny Van Tonda pulled out after a round for me last week so we were kind of down to the bare bones last week weren't we in terms of got all, terms I got of a full each way return on Tyrrell Hatton so I got some of them only about mm. 14 to 1 so well done Tyrrell he's in super nick I've got the feeling that one of you will have tipped him up for this week let's quickly talk 30 seconds Paul about the uh, Sudal Open I must be honest and um, shoot me down. I I hadn't really come across the winner of that. Someone that hadn't hit my radar at all. Yeah, what Simon Forstrom? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, the, the, there was a little bit to go on with uh, with the Swede. Um, fourth in Mauritius, uh, eighth more recently in India as well. So there's a few little bits of form to grab onto. Uh, I, I think the most tangible element was that he had previously won in Belgium. Back in 2016, I mean, you're talking seven years ago and you're talking on the Challenge Tour. Um, but then when he talked about it in an in interview, he was you know, saying how comfortable he felt in the country, having won there before. And yeah, it all kind of uh, aligned for him. 125 to 1 if you managed to pick him out. I can't say that I saw any winning slips on him last week at all. So that would have been a bit of a coup for the bookies, I think. There you go. You Thomas, D- like that, Thomas Dietrich in, in contention is a complete and utter disaster, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Not good, is well, it? Our, our North American buddies got so excited about Thomas Dietrich at the, at the start of the season because he's, he's absolutely lighting up optimizers. He's lighting up predictor models. He's an absolute star. But if you bet on him and you want him to win, good luck. Mm. <laughs> Bet's a lay, maybe. He, he is on a Sunday, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, okay. The PGA Championship, chaps. We're up and running. East Course Oak Hill Country Club. As ever on these majors, I will refer you to our in-depth betting preview podcast, which was episode 258. Funnily enough, it was the one before this one. Give it a listen. We go into real detail. Betting trends and on the golf course. We also have uh, an opening line on the weather. And the weather has developed overnight. We'll go into that in a short while. 
I need to get my sheet of paper ready where I've made my detailed notes around the weather because it is, uh, it's it's changed from what I was seeing yesterday and it hasn't changed for the better. Okay. Put it that way. Right, bookmakers this week before we go into the detail. Um, 12 places each way available. Via Boyle Sports, pick your place promotion. You can choose with Boyle Sports this week at the PGA. Six, eight, ten, or twelve places each way. All are fifth, uh, are fifty odds. None of this sixth odds business that we're starting to see percolate. So fifty odds, twelve, ten, eight, and six places via pick your place. Their main outright, if you bet on the outright market, their main outright default is eight places each way. So Boyle Sports, we've got a couple of uh, new customer offers available. Uh, come and check them out at my on my betting preview for both UK and for Irish listeners. Ten places each way, also available with odds boost in the bet slip. That's at Ladbrokes, well worth checking out. Uh, new customers with Ladbrokes can access a bet £5, get £20 in free bets sportsbook account opening offer. So check that one out. Ladbrokes have been really competitive this year, actually. Ten places each way most weeks on the PGA Tour. They've really stepped up to the plate. And then Bet365, eight places each way at the 2023 PGA Championship. So we've got eight with Bet365. We've got default ten with Ladbrokes, and you can basically pick whatever you want with Boyle Sports. Well worth looking into. There are some very juicy players at big triple-digit odds that I think, theoretically, have got a chance this week, just looking at the golf course. That takes us on to the golf course. Now, you can look at this, and you you know it isn't overly scary when you look at the numbers. 7,394 yards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Par 70. Mm-hmm. Now, that compares last year to over 7,500 at Southern Hills. It's a Donald Ross design, 1925, Andrew Green makeover, 2020. Classical, technical. I cannot, um, shoot me down in flames, looking down, looking at this forecast, I cannot see this being any, I can't see it being double digits to the winner. It's got to be single figure, in my opinion. It's a long golf course. Uh, we've got bent grass with Poana fairways. We've got rough, that is rye grass, blue grass, and tall fescue. There's also fine fescue involved. We have not seen in 2023 a golf course with any of that agronomy. Bear that in mind. The greens are bent grass. The two courses we've seen bent grass at this year have been Augusta. Augusta has Bermuda grass as their fairways. We also saw bent grass last week at the Byron Nelson at Craig Ranch. I I was hearing people call it the the monkey. What they were calling it? Yeah, don't worry about it. Um, they, were, they were calling it a funny name. TPC Craig Ranch, um, that featured zoysia grass last week, so two southern grasses. This is the first time we've got proper northeastern or north upstate grasses in terms of agronomy. The fairways, bearing in mind it's a long golf course, 28 yards wide. They were 30 yards wide at Quail the other week. Harbour Town is 26, so you're just a little bit wider than Harbour Town. Mm, and that's time. And that's a 7,000, mm, kind of 7-1 golf course. And we've already started seeing on Instagram and on Twitter, 
the rough that is in play this week. It's major championship rough. If you want Donald Ross designs for research purposes, have a look at Aronimink. They played the 2018 BMW Championship there. They also played 2010-2011 at t National. You can have a look at Detroit Golf Club, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You can also have a look at the Tour Championship, of course, where they played at East Lake. Wyndham Championship, Sedgefield Country Club. Those are the main ones, in my opinion. Pinos number two was a Ross design. I don't see that having much of a view to this. Lowlands, Sand Belt, down in Carolina. From what I've garnered here, chaps, <clears throat> there is there are tight fairways. There is lots of penal fairway bunkering. And when you look at this digitally and you look at this on satellite, which I've done, a lot, I think, to the longer hitters, a lot of the um, fairway furniture is clearable if you've got enough carry distance. And when you go down the whole modern day history of the PGA Championship, ultimately, the winner tends to be that new elite set of someone that can bang the ball a hell of a long way. Mm -hmm. I don't foresee that changing this week. That's my view on the course. The greens themselves are typical Donald Ross. Tilted front, uh, back to front. They are elevated on most holes. You're approaching from beneath the hole from the fairway, or at least level, and they're on a kind of plinth above you, the greens. Also, the greens, because they're at such a high level, there are some monstrous, cavernous bunkering systems around them. On top of that as well, the, the greens in the main, sides and rear, tend to have very thick rough. So this isn't Southern Hills where if you were missing greens, balls were just rolling away. We've got some proper gnarly rough in play this week around the greens. It's almost old-style US Open. Yeah. There are some greens, though, that have runoff areas towards the rear or sides of them, and then the balls go into collection areas. But that is the minority rather than the majority. Most of these greens, though, and this is really, really, really noticeable, they tend to have false fronts on them. So if you're attacking these greens, especially for, to a front pin, and you're a couple of yards short or your approach isn't where it needs to be, you can find yourselves 25, 30 yards back on very tightly mown fairway approaches that are well below the green. Mm. <clears throat> the weather. This is where it gets really interesting. Thursday is going to be the scoring day, undoubtedly. Not seeing a lot of rain in the build-up either. So I'm not so sure it's going to be that soft and that pliable on Thursday. Might see a little bit of roll on the fairways. Um, the thing that grabs me, though, is as of 7am when this thing kicks off on Thursday, apparently the air temperature is going to be 4 degrees Celsius. Even mid-morning, it's 10, 11 degrees Celsius. Can you help me for the US listeners, including <laughs> including Nagel's Bagels? Because they'll be screaming at me, Steve, you're talking Celsius. So yeah. four degrees Celsius, Paul, what are we looking at? Well, you're talking sub-40. So, I mean, these guys are going to be going out there 
you know, full coats, gloves. I, I, I don't know if it's, is it clear overnight the night before? Because if so, then you might find there's frost on the ground and they'd have to delay it a little bit for it to clear. There's definitely going to be masses of dew on the ground. That's, mm. for, that's for sure. They, it's going to be wet. It's going to be, you know, that, that upper layer of, I can remember this being Beth Page exactly in 2019. Yeah. It was exactly like that. There was, there was Tiger trying to do some back warm-ups as he was starting on number 10. And he's literally hit it about 220 yards with a driver. Well, this is it. For his the, first shot. The, the, the guys that have got any lingering ailments or niggles, um, it's just going to be unpleasant, isn't it? You know, they're, then they're not going to be afforded the opportunity to, to, to be warm while they're walking around on the, on the course. So early starters going to face a very damp, very cold golf course it's going to be extremely difficult for me first round leader will be an afternoon time slot because it warms up to around about 17 degrees celsius and there isn't a breath of wind throughout the day mm. yeah makes sense. So all of a sudden balls are going to be moving so if you're going first round leader and i know paul will be looking at has to be an afternoon starter looking at this forecast anyway that's the scoring day chaps we then really start kicking into it it's not so cold on Friday. It starts at 11 degrees Celsius. So, what's that in Fahrenheit, Paul? 11.52, that is. 52. The only problem we've got on um, Friday is uh, it, it builds up to 21 degrees for, uh, Celsius. We've got 25 to 30 mile an hour winds <laughs> throughout the whole day. <laughs> they are from the southwest, so that might be something to look into if you can get the course uh, the course map up as well. I'm not suggesting for this podcast, but just for your general research, it's a southwesterly wind. So that'd be interesting to see how that correlates with par fives and such and such. Saturday rain, high percentage chance, no electrical activity. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just looking here. Yeah, it's about a 50% chance of rain potentially on Friday. And that, that chance is throughout the day. You know, afternoon as well as morning. Uh, so that's worthy of note. Could soften the course up. It's still blowing 25 miles an hour on. That's the development actually. Saturday looked like it was going to be relatively damp and wet, but there was no wind. Now, all of a sudden, we could have rain. We've got 25-mile-an-hour winds gusting. Mm. And it improves on Sunday, um, mid kind of 20 degrees Celsius temperatures. Clearly, the late starters will be the leaders, so it doesn't really, the morning temperatures don't really matter. That is going to be around about 20-mile-an-hour gusting winds from the west. The winds on Saturday are from the west as well, turning from southwest. So that forecast is worse than the forecast I was seeing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's mm -hmm. it's going it's getting worse in terms of wind. And that's just gonna make this a, a real, real US open tough challenge, I think. It'd be interesting to see where they can get the scores to on the on the I think potentially you could have some guys going out there Thursday lunchtime, Thursday afternoon shooting. 63, 64s maybe, getting to that 6, 7 under to par kind of total. And then from that point on, just looking at the weather and the, the difficulty of the golf course, 
I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of these tournaments where that is eventually the winning total. Yeah. Just, it's just people holding on for grim death. Just treading water from there. You got it. <clears throat> yeah. Doesn't, doesn't sound yeah, like a... wins a factor. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't sound like a, a cakewalk, does it? It's, uh, <laughs> there's plenty in there for it to... Uh, uh, well, changeable, you know, changeable conditions and, and you know, mixed uh, mixed conditions throughout. So someone who's adaptable to various conditions, various uh, temperatures and winds and yeah. Yeah, a bit of rain thrown in there as well. Maybe a, maybe a nice sunny finish on Sunday afternoon with a bit of breeze around as well. It's... We, we, we shouldn't be surprised. Brooks Kepka won Beth Page at eight under. That was May. Phil Mickelson, May, six under. I mean, that was 30 mile an hour every day at Kiowa. And then last year, six under. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to be bang on that kind of number. I don't know if that changes any of your opinions or whatever. I mean, it's too late. You've made the bet, so you might want to bet on a few different ones. But that's where we're at in terms of the course. That's where we're at in terms of the weather right now. We're recording this early Tuesday morning in the UK. What are your thoughts on the course, Barry? Uh, to me, it's an absolute beaut. I love it. I think it's a fantastic major venue. Uh, from from the outside, looking at the you know videos, renovations, photos, and I I, I think it looks great. Um, I'm very hopeful that it'll play really interesting as well. Particularly the greens, it's hard to see. Um, a huge amount of contouring in them and, and what their characters are with the videos. But I think when we get like the, the TV cameras really in there, we'll start to see a bit more revealed of the course and, and how how it's playing for the players and what challenges they face. It uh, it looks to it looks to present a, a good all round test for everybody. So uh, I'm I'm really excited to sit down and watch it for many, many hours a day. Mm. I just think with that cold start on Thursday, dewy, cold, ball going nowhere, you're going to hit a situation where the course has warmed up, the grass loses its moisture, the ball gets a little tiny bit of roll on it, the ball's travelling further. I just genuinely think that PMAM might have quite a significant um, advantage this week. Because I'm not seeing such a disadvantage on the Friday morning when it's warmer. And actually, if this forecast is right, the gusts of wind look like they're stronger for the AM starters than the PM starters on the Friday. So we could have a total here. Um, AM, PM, um, PM, AM advantage, I reckon. Yeah, there's also the psychological psychological element. If you if you start on the Friday morning and you've gone out and uh, uh, you know you've, you've had a decent round and you know you're seven, eight, ten shots ahead of some fancied players who've uh, who've struggled in the cold on the Thursday morning, uh, you know maintain that position and then uh, you, know, it, you can be a long way ahead. And you know the flip side of that is, you know a fancy player goes out and shoots three over on. Thursday morning and the in the conditions as you said, you know, where, where where mentally does that leave them from there? It's a hell of a hell of an uphill challenge from there. Yeah, absolutely. Shuts the door. Yeah. Um just for for listeners, we get a whole tranche of um player interviews today, Tuesday the sixteenth of May. McElroy, Ram, Finau, Homer, 
Cam Young, Scotty Scheffler all talk today. So they, those interviews will contain some excellent information about the course. Mm. Well worth a listen if you if you're still betting or working through your DK teams and you want more information. It really is going to be a, a information ex- gathering exercise, I think, for a lot of this. Wednesday, Jason Day, DJ, Matt Fitzpatrick, Patrick Cantlay. Interesting, no Brooks Kepka interview. Mm. He probably said, no, nah, you're all right, mate. I'm concentrating on winning. So, yeah, worth listening to those interviews, I believe. Right, I've got a question for you two before we go anywhere near um, who our selections are. I'm going to make it nice and simple for you. The big two. Notice I've said the big two. I don't know if that's dangerous, but I'm saying the big two this week. Who would each of you take, Scheffler or Rahm? Because a lot of people in the audience want to know the answer. Paul, you start first. Yeah, thanks, Steve. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a there's tough nothing one. Like, it? It, there's nothing like asking questions that haven't been prepped for for your. Yeah, I'll go first. Podcast colleagues. Oh, go on, Barry. You go first. Yeah, you go first. You're dying Barry. there. <laughs> uh, I'll take. I'd take Schaffler over Ram. This is Ram's first major since he won the Masters, so it's going to have some. I don't know emotions, and you know, just the brain's going to be ticking over. Yeah, that's 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 the only differentiator I'd kind of see between the two of them at the moment. Mm. Yeah, there's there's always an element of kind of masters hangover, which uh, is possible. Although that's that's not to say that Ram's been poor when he's come back Gone out over. since. Because mm. yeah, do you want to hear the list of players since 1960 who've won the first two majors? Can't. Is it short? Arnold Palmer. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad one. Even my wife had heard of these players. Arnold Palmer. Jack Nicholas. Tiger Woods. Jordan Spieth. Not a bad list, is it? No. John Rahm had his Did name. Did you see to that John Rahm as the fifth member of that list? Mm. Well, I mean, you, you can't dispute the fact that he's playing and has played some incredible golf so far in 2023. Um, I don't think you can dispute that he's got the game uh, lengthwise and accuracy-wise when, when he's on to uh, to contend and compete around it. Um, Scotty, he wasn't... He, no, let's, he was... Well, he was odds-on or evens after about six or eight holes of his uh, his uh, first round last week, wasn't he, to win yeah. win the Byron Nelson and didn't convert flat Saturday. And I think with with Scheffler, you get this scenario where every so often the, the the flat stick does go a bit cold, and that's not been the case with Ram this year. He's he's been able to pluck these rounds out and seemingly at will. And uh, convert opportunities as they've ever, ever risen. I think to go back, these are, to Scott, you, these are Scotty Scheffler's tee to green numbers since the Phoenix Open win. Mm. Tee to green: first, sixteenth; second, first; second, fifth; second. Yep. These are his putting numbers: twelfth, twenty eighth, fifty third, forty seventh, fiftieth, forty nine, fifty first. Yep. And I think he's, he's he's acutely aware that if there's one 
weaker point in his game, then that's where it is. Um, and some of these events, he can get such a good tee to green game performance that it doesn't matter. And he, he can mm. navigate his way around. And the, the reason I kind of hesitate with the, the answer here is because if he does that, this won't be a putting contest. He can manage his way around the course. You know, we've seen the pictures of the greens. We know that if you can hold these greens, you're going to give yourself a hell of a, an opportunity over those people who are constantly scrambling. So if he can find his way around in that manner and putt even averagely, then he's going to be in the mix. John Rahm mm-hmm. plays his regular game and there's no um, kind of mental block from this being, you know, from adding his name to that list of uh, elite players that you've just described. Um, no Masters hangover, then he can contend as well. I, I think the short of it is I wouldn't be surprised to see them both very much in the mix. Um, but that's that's hardly a, a, the boldest of statements as <laughs> their joint favourites to you, win. You haven't answered sport. the question though, Paul. No, Rahm no. or Scheffler? Who, who are you going for? <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got splinters up my backside sitting on the fence. Yeah. Um, I If you would have pushed come to shove, I'd take Rahm. Hmm. Sounds like we have a bet. <laughs> so Barry, it's, one of us is right. It's Tyler Tambourine said yeah. on his uh, podcast uh, the other day with um, Kenny. He said, "You think about John Rahm. If he wins this week at the PGA, all of a sudden at the Open Championship, he could win the Grand Slam of major championships. That that turnaround would be that quick. Mm. Crazy, eh?" Anyway, I've put Ram up. I've put Ram up. And I put purely... I was 50-50, him or Scheffler. And the the reason I've put Ram up is when I've looked over the last six, seven majors and I've looked at my eight-week trackers, all of the winners have either had a top five putting strokes game performance, the outing before... Justin Thomas was one of those last year. He was fourth for strokes game putting at the Byron Nelson. Then he goes and wins the PGA. Or they've ranked in my top 25 over the past eight weeks for putting. Scheffler doesn't. John Rahm certainly does. He was second for strokes game putting last time out in Mexico. Mm. So the, the putter was actually firing. That's that's how I've differentiated them. So I've gone four points Rahm, the win, eight to one. Get that out there. That's my that's my top cover bet at the top. I'd hate to do all this work and all of a sudden John Rahm's leading by five on Thursday night and you just think, oh my God. Yeah. And you're scratching around for an each way return. Yeah, and, and <laughs> sometimes... Rahm is imperiously just hitting fairways 3.30 down the middle. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sometimes it, it's just staring you in the face, isn't it? And that, that's... I, I can I can see why you've gone down that route. I can see I can see that it's a it's a play because even if um, even if he gets right into the mix and doesn't win, you've probably got a chance to to hedge at some point. Um, should you choose to go down that route, he's won what four golf tournaments this year, including the Masters. Um, well, that's an interesting point. These are where he's won at. And bearing in mind, you were making money out of Ram at the start of the year by backing him, and fifteen to two to win the century, fifteen mm. to two to win the American Express. 15 to 2 to win the Genesis. He was 9 to 1 to win the Masters. And we're backing him this week in a field of 156 with a hunt with 30 odd PGA Tour pros that are going to get nowhere near it. 
and you're getting eight to one. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad price in the general scheme of things. No, and you know, you go back to the the kind of the arguments that I made towards the start of the year uh, for those uh, for those wins. If you put him up, or you put him in this situation, in this form, in this field, in these you know, in in, in these conditions, eight times, how many does he win? Does he win at least one? I, su- I suspect he probably does. He probably wins more than one. So that's that in that. Um, calculation by that calculation does that make eight to one a, a, a play and your your assertion is yes and I I, yeah, I I can't dispute that if that's the way you choose to play it because um, you may well get the winner how close the thing I sorry you go you go Barry just going to ask how close were you to it being a coin flip with Scheffler because I guess that was your pro- your your decision at that level of your your stake is your staking. Yeah, like if you'd have asked me the question on Thursday or last week, I'd have probably said Scheffler. Uh, I don't know. It's just this. It's just this trend that I'm seeing with the winners of majors that have definitely got confidence with the putter when they're arriving at the venue. Mm. Don't see that with Scheffler. If there's one thing Scotty Scheffler's thinking about that there's a hole in his game, it's definitely going to be putter. You can look at it both ways. Can't you? I mean, Rick Gaiman on his show this week said. He's, he's on Scotty Scheffler because all he needs is a minute improvement in his putting. Mm. And, of course, he'll probably go and win the tournament. So you can look at it both ways. Yeah, you think he's not going to be focused on the putting? Does that putter warm up this week at Oak Hill? That's the question, isn't it? Mm. The other thing I like about Ram, though, I just like his split of agronomy. Now, he's a bent grass winner at the Masters. He can win on bent poa. At the Genesis, he's got wins at the BMW up up in Chicago. That would be exactly similar grasses to this. He's winner at Memorial. He should have had another win at Memorial. He got pulled out of COVID when he was six shots ahead on the Sunday. He's tried and trusted on this kind of on these grasses in this kind of uh, graphical climb in terms of that BMW win or. Definitely the win that he had uh, in Chicago. Also the win at Muirfield, Dublin, Ohio. Scheffler, for me, still hasn't done it yet. And he will do because he's an outstanding player. But I haven't seen him win on anything rather other than Bermuda carpet in terms of fairways. So I just think he Ram is likely to be more comfortable with the agronomy this week than Scheffler. So that's, you know, we're, we're literally, as you would be with eight to one joint favourites, you're, you're you're just picking holes, and I just went for wrong. So Scotty Scheffler probably wins by seven. Okay, let's talk about Rory. Come on. Yeah, perfect segue. Talk about Rory. It, it, to me, it's got um, both extremes of the results are possible this week. Yeah. And that's part of why he's so exciting to watch. Because all you know, it's going to be a wild ride, whatever way it goes. Um, I just don't know. I mean, he maybe the time off has helped. He's um, he's a member at Oak Hill, so plays there quite a bit. It, it it just it feels like it could go either way. I don't know. How, it's mad how like I changed from being so bullish on him a few weeks ago, going into the Masters, and now just totally. Uh, lost. I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, it's what but it's great. Do for you, isn't it? So, 
I, I think, you know, from the words that have been written before the event and the, the, as you described, the, the Oak Hill um, membership and, you know, the, the, the ties that he's got, um, you'd expect there to be a lot more noise around Rory this week and there's not. You know, I, I look I look at people who've, uh, you know, respected people who've made their selections so far and there's a number of people who've gone, you know, as you, know, as you described, the coin, coin flip between the top two, um, a number of people who've picked a few of the players a little further down and uh, we, we'll go through our picks in a few minutes, which uh, we'll cover some of those off as well. I've seen very, very few people going for Rory and I can see him drifting out in the market. Um, I'm seeing 14 to 1 now in places. And, uh, you know, a, a few weeks ago, you wouldn't have expected that, particularly with the, you know, the, the positive noises that you get or the positive spin that you can make on his chances this week with the course fit and, you know, potentially the conditions um, and certainly the so certainly the links that he's got with Oak Hill. Um, but, yeah, I, it's off-putting that he's just not been near the top of his game for a, for a little while now. And you come into this event and... Going back to the preview document, the preview pod, we talked about incoming form being key in this event. Yeah. Probably of the four majors, the one that is more, or historically more dependent on immediate incoming form. Yeah, um, I think so. It's, it's just not there. He hasn't got it. No. If 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 you kind of think if you know the raw results are his last. Two are forty seventh and miscut, which is the Masters. The forty seventh was her. Where was that again? Two weeks ago. Quail Hollow, his favourite golf course. Mm. Okay. So look, the Masters miscut. You can just wipe away. You know, it's the Masters, but the one at Quail Hollow. What was you know? That's the worrying one because it's recent. Yeah, he it's started recent. nicely three under through the first round. He was playing okay, and then just all of a sudden. Reloading off the tee and mm. the driver's very erratic, I and mean, you could get in a whole heap of trouble here. It, it, you know, you're, you're spreading it. Say, saying that there's a school of thought that says Bryson DeChambeau school of thought that says actually it doesn't really matter if you're spreading it one yard wide of the target or fifty yards wide of the target here. There aren't. It, it's not that disadvantageous. It's just if you can hit it as far as you can. You've got a serious advantage, mm. yeah. So maybe that plays to McElroy. I, just, yeah, I think the one, the, the one at Quail Hollow, he's going to have going to have mentally been trying so hard and maybe kind of overtried. I'm, mm. try, I'm trying to make a case for him here. Mm. Yeah, and and this this is also a symptom of where he's been in some of the the majors recently, particularly the the Masters. Um, attempts that he's made whereas the pressure on himself perhaps is overloading his performance and his, his Thursday performances have really put him outside the golf tournament and you can't afford to do that if he you know let, let's let's hypothesize that he gets an early tea time goes out um it's tough conditions it's cold conditions he shoots two or two or three over and uh, someone does go out in the afternoon and shoot 64 and he stares mm -hmm. at the leaderboard on Thursday night and he's, you know, eight, nine shots off the lead. Um, you know, you're almost mentally packing your bags at that point. Especially at, at a, what looks to be a difficult to score on golf course over the yeah. following three days. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah. He's all, you look on Wikipedia and you, and you look at Rory's wins. They don't. Then the mass of them isn't at that kind of scoring point. Mm. I'm not sure they ever have been. Yeah. I can remember winning the Honda Classic at some ridiculous school way, way back in his pomp. But he doesn't tend to win. Let's have a look. 17 under par CJ Cup, 21 under par to a championship. I, I expect that included his t- uh, starting number. 19 under at the RBC Canadian Open. CJ Cup, 25 under par. Those are his last four wins. I'm not seeing any six unders. Mm. Yeah. That's and I'm going to even go back to 2015, 21 under par, Wells Fargo. Deutsche Bank, 15 under par, 2016. Arnold Palmer, 2018, he won at 18 under. It's all mid to late double digits, teens, yeah. or low 20s. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is his jam, mate, to be honest. We shall see. I don't. Mm. I've come on. I've come down on two players in that pack that you were describing slightly lower down. He's getting no steam whatsoever, but I'm all over Brooks Kepka this one. And I know this live situation is very, very, very difficult to assess with how can players on the live tour compete with players on the PGA tour. We don't understand those metrics and there's lots of emotion involved and treachery and talk like this that goes on because, you know, how it's funded, this, that and the other. But one thing I have noticed with Bryson this year, uh, Bryson, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) slip of the fraudulent tip, Brooks, this guy is playing golf of a far different calibre than we've seen for many a year from him. I'm just going to read out his greens and regulation numbers since the turn of February. 13th in the field, 11th, 4th, 12th, 13th, 8th and 8th. So he's pounding greens. He's also hitting fairways, which is scary. Adelaide, three outings ago, he was third for fairways hit. 21st in Singapore and last week at Tulsa, he's banging it 307 off the tee. He's fourth for fairways hit. Mm. Okay, so let me get this straight. Brooks is hitting it long now that he's fully fit. Yeah, none of this walking on one leg like he did for virtually two years and was still competing in majors in 2020, if you remember. Yeah, people forget that. I keep reading people, oh, Brooks can't close a major. Well, he hasn't closed a major really in the last few years because he's barely been fit. He was second on the P- second in the PGA, fourth in the US Open and sixth at the Open. And he was basically, if, if you'd have offered him a cart to go around on, he'd have taken it. Mm. The, boy, the guy could barely walk. He couldn't even bend down to read putts, could he? No, no. Well, back in twenty twenty one, wasn't it? Yeah, when he yeah when he was struggling, and he still finished second, fourth, and sixth in yeah. majors, Paul. Yeah, no, madness. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so Brooks is fit. Tick. Brooks is hitting the ball just as well as he used to. Tick. 
Brooks is hitting the ball just as long as he used to. Tick. Well, how did he do at his major championship this year? Well, actually, no one fancied him. He was a big price. Everyone thought that live golfers were going to be an absolute joke at Augusta, and he finished second. Yeah, I, you've got this... There's a few things to consider with Brooks as well, isn't there? You've got this whole mantra of, what was it, 90% of the field of beaten uh, before they even start the event. And mm. again, that's just going to be accentuated with the tough conditions this week. And, uh, you know, from that perspective, you know, Brooks will be looking at it and thinking this is a great opportunity to uh, to perform. And the other point is... Um, they're expecting a baby, Brooks and his uh, Brooks and his missus, and you know that's another thing that often helps to focus the uh, focus the mind. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm on him as well. I've backed him win only. I I don't really um I don't see much value in backing each way when guys are in around that twenty to one mark. Well, not value, just per, it's a perception thing for me. Like just the the return for the place just doesn't um just doesn't get me amped up. So I I've <clears throat> I've put a bet on him on the exchange. Yeah, no, no, I'm on him as well. So that makes all three of us on Brooks. Okay, so we're all on Brooks. That's agreed, chaps. Okay, let's move on. Um, I've also gone for a player in this range who's proving to be very popular. I thought he would do. <laughs> There's there's a tinge with me of there's a tinge of like mm, this could go horribly wrong, <laughs> but undoubtedly this chap is playing some phenomenal golf across my eight week trackers. He's first for strokes gained on approach. He's in the top twenty, uh, top fifteen for off the tee. He's in the top seven for around the green. He's second for tee to green. He's top 19 for putting. And he's beating Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, Wyndham Clark, and bizarrely Russell Henley, who sits second in my stats, for strokes gained current form. And the best way to describe this guy is, and this was yesterday, um, I think it was Jeff Feinberg said. Uh, no, actually, it's Rick Gaiman. Rick Gaiman said, um, "You can you can't ever say that Xander is best at any facet of golf, but he's great at all of them." And we were talking last week about this on the on the research podcast, and you two said to me, "This seems to be a golf course where you need a fantastic all round game. Your whole game is going to be tested to the maximum." So Xander Schauffele for me. I just don't see a weakness. Playing absolutely out of his skin. Has a good record in majors. We know, going back to 2017, Paul, this is based upon your major research. He's fifth in this field for major average score. Oh, by the way, Brooks is number one at 70.12. 70.62, Xander. He's behind... Kepka, Scheffler, Morikawa and McElroy for master uh, for major performances going back to the 2017 Masters. So I'm on Xander. I got 20 to 1 yesterday. Eight places each way with William Hill. I think we're, we're in serious trouble, Steve, because I'm on Xander as well. So if we're both on Brooks and, and Xander, then we're... Um, 
I can see what's going to happen, Paul. They're going to get 7.22 Thursday morning <laughs> tea time in the same group. Oh, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Just moving straight on to the KLM Open after that. Yeah, but Xander, Z- I, can't, I can't dispute it. And he's been heavily backed um, even since um, since your preview went out. I'm seeing 18 to 1 best. I'm seeing 11 to 1 hey? with Betfair. What? 11 to 1. <laughs> so 12 places. Oh, my yeah. God. He's yeah, um, to one. Wow. He he has been uh, yeah backed off the boards in places, but yeah, we, we talked about him in the research pod. Um, you know, quite rightly, he's been backed. Donald Ross um, formed great as well, isn't it? One one at East Lake. He was a seventy-two hole winner at East Lake. Um, further on as well, he loves his tougher majors and you know his U.S. Open record: five, sixth, five, fifth, sixth, third, fifth, seventh, fourteenth, and uh, yeah. Swinging really nicely. Uh, I'm really impressed with how he was swinging at the Masters. Finished tenth. First for strokes gained tee to green at the Heritage. Fourth for strokes gained tee to green at Quail. Third for off the tee. Twelfth for putting. The putter warmed up as well. So uh, this is a great major for first time major winners. And Xander, this has got to be the best opportunity that he's had so far in his career. I think. Let's hope he goes well. I need to try torpedo this pick here because I'm I'm getting sucked in and have a bit of FOMO <laughs> with all this all this talk about him. He he's undoubtedly playing great golf and yeah, for all the reasons you guys have mentioned, the all round game in particular is it's a very appealing bet. Mm. But I'm part of me is glad I never kind of um bought a ticket to the Xander train because I'd be there believing it every time myself. Does he win enough for how good a position he puts himself in? No, no. And winning is winning is hard, and you know you don't win an awful lot in golf. Blah blah blah. But he puts himself in so many good positions that even his conversion percentage would be to me yeah. would feel like it's probably lower than it should be. Yeah, mm. agreed. Still think he can win this week, though. Oh, I don't doubt it at all. I do. Like, I think he can't do, and it would not shock me at all. Uh, but mm. when... Um, Sometimes these things just fall into place. It's golf, isn't it? It's just golf. I mean, we've just seen Jason Day win after five years, a five-year gap. And he literally won to the day that he the, the, he won the tournament five years ago. It was literally the last, that weekend of May. I mean, how crazy yeah. is that? He wins the Byron Nelson, the first tournament he'd ever won. And he wins it to the day, virtually five years after his last PGA Tour victory. It's weird. Weird golf. Mad. I can see Xander just kind of, some of the big guns maybe don't fire. And we might have a bit of a surprise top of a leaderboard. And he's the only one of the big names that's hanging around, potentially. Maybe, yeah. It's, it's that you one, just don't it's, know, it's do it's you? That one, it's that one metric we always want, is strokes gained mental state mm. for that particular week. Like, does somebody have that extra couple of percent of positivity or good vibes or lack of negativity that going into that particular week and yeah that's, this is the, that's thing, the hardest he, part to figure out he's a decent win player he's good on technical long tough golf courses he's great on classical courses whatever you seem to throw at him he's as rick gaiman said he's great he's not the best but he's top three top five in everything you look at mm. so maybe that works this week. I know. I reckon I know who you've gone for as your kind of in place of Xander tip. 
I, I, I think, Barry, you'll have gone for Tony. I have. Mm. Talk us through it. He's won four times in his last 18, 19, 20 events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. Just getting the getting the winning vibe. Winning is a habit, and he now has developed that. Um, the tournaments he's won, you could argue, were a little bit less than the the super elite level, but he's got that muscle memory of winning and getting it done when you know when the heat of the battle is there. So. Um, yeah, for that reason, like it just feels like the progression is there for him to step up and get like the next big thing in his career, which is a major. He doesn't have any glaringly obvious weaknesses in his game again, kind of like Xander. Hits the ball long enough, can can hit it even further if needed. Um yeah, it's funny I, with Tony I, I this year. It's funny with Tony. Something seems to have clicked with him, Barry, and you can see it in the numbers. Tony used to use driver on every hole. He doesn't anymore. He's far more tactical off the tee, and lo and behold, the winds have come. Yeah, because you wouldn't expect to see him so low in the driving distance. Yeah, but yeah, you know, there's he just swings on cruise control. Yeah, and gets it out the three hundred yards and pretty damn straight on cruise control. Yeah, mm. kept him out of the water. Yep. Yeah, that joke is just gone now. T four T All of my jokes have gone. T four Tony, T two Tony, in the water Tony. It's all gone. All I I can only do now is call him Tony Fee now. Terminator Tony. Mm. That could be the next one, the Terminator. When he takes out the PGA this week. The only thing I'll say like against him is his recent you know, his last seven, eight mate well, seven majors here been two missed cuts and a best of fifteenth, but the rest of them are kind of just floundering midfield, twenty eighth, thirtieth, thirty fifth. So that's you know, hasn't had a real contending major since um, when we back to like the 2020, 2021. Mm. So there's a little lack of muscle memory there to counter my winning muscle memory point. <laughs> You're talking yourself out of it already, Ben. The, bet, the bet's down, but I'm just saying like, there's no... <laughs> Too late. Yeah. I, I have to balance the balance the, uh, the argument. Yeah. That is one good thing for Xander. Top 10 at the Masters last time out. That That's a big tick for me. I tell you what I want to do. I want to quickly get your views on a couple of big players at the top end, and then we'll move down the board. Right, Patrick Cantlay. He is a st- st- statistician's dream this week. Playing phenomenal golf. What do you think to Patrick Cantlay's chances? The two of you. I can't ever get excited about Patrick Cantlay. It just doesn't happen for me. But perhaps it's no. just his style of play. Perhaps it's the fact that he just flatters to deceive and doesn't convert at the top end. I just, I, I, it's it's almost an insta line through his name, and that's probably that's the wrong thing to do. That is very yeah. strong. <laughs> I would, strong. I generally would too. It's it's like, a, but it's not a bet like that excites me at all. These, I just want a bit of value for money in my bets as well. I'm not doing this to make money. It's I want to have fun with it, and I just can't have fun watching him play mm. or watching him just 
snail his way across the screen because he's not the only one that's slow out there, but his brand of slow is particularly tough to watch. What is interesting this week for me is how he gets on with Joe LaCava on the bag. So mm. that'll be, see if that can yeah. get, just be worth a couple of shots um, for the week, which you know gets him that bit closer to the top. That's what Andy Lack said to me last week on his podcast. He said that he thinks Joe LaCava could be the missing link. Because he could be worth it. He's got all of that Tiger Woods experience of how to navigate yourself around a major championship venue for four days. The ups and downs of what you need to do. And Patrick yeah. may I mean, well that, that could be worth a that. shot or two. That could be worth a shot or two to him a day. Yeah, this is the Just point. That. So... The other thing I often think with Patrick Cantlay, and I might be way out there, but Patrick Cantlay, there's always been rumours of back issues, and this looks like a very damp, cold, windy major. Mm. I often see Patrick Cantlay in the height of August going around a golf course in the northeast of, of the United States shooting 19 under when it's like blazing 30 degrees Celsius. Not sure about that with the weather with Cantley for me. The other one is Justin Thomas. I'm seeing him right now in a place at twenty eight to one to defend his title. Thoughts? Yeah, I, again, you know, defending isn't easy. Um, there's extra media commitments. There's extra, you know, mental. Um, Elements that you need to consider as you're, you know, as you're navigating your way through four days. His game's not been there this year, and I, I, it, it, there's been this assumption and expectation that he's going to come good at some point this year, and perhaps he will. Perhaps he will, but I, I've just I've not seen anywhere near enough in his game to to make him a bet for me. What was the trend you mentioned in the research podcast about the Masters and winning the PGA? Yeah. Yeah, so when the Masters has predated, or when it's been in the in the calendar year prior to the PGA Championship, so you exclude in the COVID year where everything was yep. back to front, um, then players who've won the PGA Championship uh, all the way back to uh, Keegan Bradley who breaks the trend, uh, all the others had uh, at least made the cut of the Masters, and you're losing Justin Thomas, you're losing Rory McIlroy, um, you know if if, you, if that trend continues this week, so. Yeah, it's just not for me. Just I, I, the pair of them, I just, they, they were pretty quickly off my uh, shortlist. Right, we're now working through players 30 to 1 and above. Hovland, Dustin Johnson. Have you, have you got any... Are you on the DJ train this week after his win last week in Tulsa? No. He's actually drifting on the market. I thought people would get behind him, but they don't seem to have done. Do you think his performance at the Masters is having that bit of um, impact? I, I don't know. I it's all it's always hard to know with DJ because he's just so kind of generally just floaty and chill as he goes along, and you, you, mm. you just you don't know where to kind of land on him. No. My my player in this deeper range is Tommy Fleetwood. And the more I see wind, cold, the ability to hang about 
the more I get excited about my Tommy Fleetwood bet. 55 to 1, I got yesterday with bet 365, eight places each way on Tommy Fleetwood. I'm seeing him at 66 to 1 at a couple of places this this morning. He's, he's caught no steam whatsoever, but I just think, and I, I played this card at the Masters and it didn't work because that, again, was dodgy weather, but I just think at some point Fleetwood is going to get towards the top of a major and be a real contender in a, in a major where it's about all-round game and hanging around. Last year, 14th at the Masters, 5th at the PGA, 4th at the Open Championship. Not a bad record in majors, as Tommy. 4th hmm. at the US Open in 2017, and 2nd, of course, at Shinnecock in New York State 2018. Many say he should have won that. And yes, I know, he's never won on the PGA Tour. Yes, I know, he's never won in the United States. Yes, I know, he's never won a major. But he's in bloody good form. Third at the Valspar, 15th at the RBC, and 5th at the Wells Fargo Championship. So for that sum, he was also first-round leader at Quail Hollow last time out. And the thing I liked about it, 5th the tee to green, and this is Tommy Fleetwood for me, 4th for greens in regulation. 2nd mm. for scrambling. So yeah, Tommy, that's that's my final piece of the jigsaw in terms of my published tips. Fleetwood at 55s, Xander at 20s, Brooks the Major Machine at 18s, and John Rahm 8 to 1. Those are my four. I have got a few views on a on a couple of bigger prices, but I'll hand them over to you now because I know that you two have got a couple in this mid-range. Yeah, for, to, to, I, actually, I've got nothing outside. Of, my next one's 100 to 1. So okay. I know Barry's got somewhere. Interesting. I was about to say, to back you up on the Matt Fitzpatrick thing, uh, or sorry, no, I've got just, I just, spoiler alert, just ruined my own point. <laughs> on the Tommy Fleetwood thing, Matt Fitzpatrick hadn't won on the PGA Tour until he won the US Open. So, mm. you know, there's, a, there's recent kind of close history there for Fleetwood to think about and consider do you agree with my logic though that Fleetwood will he needs conditions to be very non-PGA tour like yeah and I think that's why he struggles in America because he's not really this 20 under par kind of guy Mm. and he only comes to the table at proper classical tougher tests in the United States yeah and there aren't that many of them This it, it does it sets up um, or it should set up about as well as it could do for him this week. Mm. Um, so, but I'm not on him. No, um, you're Fitzpatrick. He was I he was too short no. for me. I mean, I, I've gone for the fav, joint favourite, eighteen to one, and I've gone for twenty to one. I couldn't really bang Fitzpatrick in there at twenty five, twenty eights, and thirties. That's just oh, taking the mic. Actually, haven't gone for Fitzpatrick. I was just drawing in an. Oh, you haven't. You, but oh, okay. no. Um, I. I mean, I. I got my thought about Tyrrell Hatton there before last week's um, preview pod, and what price still, did you get, Barry? I got sixty sixes. 
Wow. So I feel sensational right now having that bet on at that price versus what he's available for out there. I still I still like the bet. You know, he finished like a steam train on the weekend. You know, you want to be pretty hot coming into this tournament. And he's um he's just shown time and time again, like winning on difficult golf courses and difficult conditions. He's a grinder and a battler. And um, I kind of like the way that all matches up going into this week. And hopefully I'm right. Mm. Yeah, played some nice stuff last week, that's for sure. I mean, I mean, if I'll keep going then. I mean, I've stuck with Hideki as well. Yeah, yeah, if you've got, you've got any more sub-100, then... then that's, yeah, just jumping in on that. Yeah, so... I, yeah, we're, stuck, we're talking about injury with... narratives... Take us through Hideki, Mister Badneck. He, do you know what? He's the same price that he won the Masters at, from very similar form. Mm. Forty-five to one. Mm. Dangerous animal and bent grass, old Hideki. That's yeah. <clears throat> that's a nice um, bonus as well. I mean, nothing sensational in his last few events: thirty-first, fifteenth, sixteenth, twenty-third, but. You know the engine's ticking over very nicely. So uh, again, this is a an all round test. Hideki doesn't have any glaringly uh, weak spots in his game. So I've kind of um, stuck with my initial thoughts last week on it, and I was glad to see him go pretty well last week. And let's see if he can grind it out. When Hideki won the Masters, thirtieth at San Antonio the week before. 42nd at the match play, didn't get out of the group. Miscut of the players, 18th at Bay Hill, 15th at the World Golf Championship they played down in Florida. 45 to 1. Feels very similar, doesn't it? Does feel similar. He's good at those mid to those mid-range irons as well. I think that's going to be important this week. I've calculated that a number of holes. Slight, this is slightly different to Southern Hills. I think three, uh, seven of the holes are going to be between 150 and 200 on approach. That's seven. There was only four at Southern Hills. And you look at Matsuama this season. 45th from 150 to 175 proximity and 19th from 175 to 200. That's his wheelhouse. Mm. Those mid to longer range irons. Yep. So yeah, I can see I can see Hideki going well. I can see yep. that. Paul, long shots. Yeah. I actually agree I actually agree with most of them as well, which is really worrying. God, if, if you and I are aligned on nearly everything, we're in serious <laughs> even trouble. Worse, even yeah. worse than serious trouble. Yeah, I've, I've backed three. Um, the shortest of the three is Gary Woodland. Uh, 110 to one yes, uh, yesterday. There's still some 100 to one around this morning, Tuesday morning. Gary is one of those guys, regular, isn't he, when it comes to me writing long shots pieces. Um, you know, he's one that, I tend to pick out for this kind of test a stretching past 70 
he, you know, key asset being strong driving. Gary just ticks all the boxes for me. Um, I backed him at Southern Hills last year. He was 10th after 54 holes. So yeah. quite hopefully he'd get a place last year. And he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he just He's drifted right on. Yeah. yeah, he was there when he just drifted on the Sunday. Um, he finished, did finish 10th at Brookline. So we got some money back on that one. Um, had some good extended places last year. Um, Eighth for driving distance of the season to date, tenth for strokes gain off the tee, tenth for strokes gain approach. That is absolutely rock solid for what um, could be a contending performance, uh, you know, an each way placing performance for this week, I think. Uh, we talked about Beth Page Black in the pod as well. If you look at his performances at Beth Page, another stretching, mm. tough track. Uh, On the top ten. Yeah, yes, yeah. If you go all the way back to the US Open in 2009, um, he was 12 to halfway there. Much better player since. Fourth at the Barclays in 2016. Uh, eighth at the PGA Championship in 2019 as well. So some decent form there. 14th at the Masters, ticks that box. 14th last time out. I know you were on him last time and he kind of flirted with a place at times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Minus seven on the putting. But then, you know, you know what you get into with Gary. You do, yeah. And his long game's been absolutely spot on, isn't it? His strokes game, tee to green game has been um, outstanding recently. It's his birthday on Sunday. He'll be 39 on Sunday, perhaps. perhaps That's why Gary people listen been... to this podcast, Paul. <laughs> it's that kind of research. That's what you don't get elsewhere. That kind of reasoning is his birthday is going to win. He's got but absolutely you know, <laughs> jack shit to do with anything, but that is the research that people come back for. He's the one guy in the world who cares about his birthday when he's age 39. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah and you know, next year I'll be saying to say he's 40 on the Saturday. Yeah, and don't don't yeah. forget, it's all about biorhythms. Yeah. But no, it, perhaps he'll be celebrating. Perhaps, perhaps we'll be celebrating a victory for Gary Woodland and his birthday as well at the same time. We shall see. So Woodland's in. I've also backed Mito. Pereira, Pereira after, after last year. You know, he's got some... Ex- Demons to exercise after last year, isn't he? 150 to 1. I thought that was a backable price for me to this year. Um, we've seen these demons being exercised in the past. If you go back, 2011, Jason Duffner, he had a five-shot lead at the 2011 US PGA Championship, and the one that Keegan Bradley won in the end in the playoffs. He had a five-shot lead very late on in that tournament and just uh, had to kind of relinquished those shots. Keegan got made a couple of birdies and eventually won the uh, the playoff. Jason Duffner then went and won here at Oak Hill in the previous guise of Oak Hill, of course, a couple of years later. So we've seen players who've had guilt-edge opportunities to win their maiden PGA Championship, then come back and win at Oak Hill. Um, perhaps that will happen again with Mito. He's playing some good stuff. I mean, we, he's gone to live, so as you described with Brooks earlier, the stats are particularly patchy. Uh, but it does seem to be playing some really nice stuff. Uh, three top ten finishes, uh, sort of three top six finishes, in fact, from his six starts on live. Uh, he hasn't been outside the top 20 for greens and regulation on each of his last 10 starts. He's twice led the field for greens and regulation. They're the only kind of stats we're getting out of Mito at the moment. But when Mito's pounding greens, he hits the ball a long way as well. I think this will suit him nicely. 30th last week in Tulsa. So that's kept him off the radar. That's kept the price 
150 to 1. But if you dig into that, he did shoot at 64 in the second round. So there's some good underlying form in there. And I think Mito could go well to uh, uh, this week and potentially uh, you know, make amends for what happened last year on the 72nd hole, which uh, I'm sure he won't want reminding of, but will be reminded numerous times this week during the course of the week. The other one I've backed further down the list, Thjorbjorn Olsen. I was surprised to see 450 to 1 available bet 365 with extra places out there eight places each way that was a fifth of the odds 450 to one and i think olsen he could be the one that fares the best of the regular dp world tour players that are coming over particularly if the conditions are pretty challenging because i think he can handle all sorts of mixed conditions Mm -hmm. seven times a winner now on the um, dp world tour variety of different setups and conditions he won in thailand in february great performance there great show of front running to win by four but if you also look back in thailand it was in the 90s in terms of fahrenheit so it was it was red hot um he's also won the dunhill links that was a particularly cold and damp year and he won the Belfry last year, the British Masters at the Belfry, um, and they were tough conditions last year. I think it was 10 under he won there. So he can win in all sorts of conditions at a variety of different courses as well. And he's been outstanding this year, and he's trying to get himself a spot on Luke Donald's team. I think he thinks in his heart of hearts that he's got the form at the moment to make that. And I find it hard to dispute that. I think even if he doesn't go well this week, I think he's got to be one to follow over the next few weeks and months on the uh, on the DP World Tour. But if you look at his form this uh, this year to date, one in Thailand, as I say, three more top six finishes. That includes last week. He finished third in Belgium last week. And um, I don't think he'll have expended a massive amount of energy because it was largely from a backdoor final round and that got him into that third place. I don't think he ever felt that he was really in the mix to win that. So there's not this element of uh, mental energy disappeared from his game um, from, from last week. Year to date, sixth for strokes gain approach, fifth for strokes gain tee to green. Couple of previous major top uh, top ten performances as well. I think he could surprise a, a mad long price, Olsen. So yeah, for me, Olsen, Pereira, Woodland, and then the two from the top are Brooks and Xander. To and back Paul up across my eight week strokes gain trackers, I actually I've split them out this week for for readers. I've gone PGA Tour only, and I've gone DP World Tour combined with PGA Tour. On that metric, mm. he's 15th in this field, Bjorn Olsen. He's level with Ricky Fowler for current form, strokes going. Yeah, yeah. And one that you haven't mentioned could be Yannick Paul, who's playing some yeah. great golf. Yeah, he's, uh, he's he's playing playing some really good stuff. You know, I, I backed uh, Yannick Paul last week, and he pulled out because he got a spot in the uh, yeah. the PGA Championship. So yeah, it'd be just just the way that this game works to, for him to come and uh, perform well this week. But yeah, I I'll be, I'll be fascinated too. to see how it goes. I think well, yeah, this is the point as well. Um, clearly, a lot of our North American uh, listeners might want these kind of angles for their DK teams or for a punt. Mm. I've gone for two players that are very high up on my strokes gain total metric. I've taken them, thanks to our friends at uh, Boyle Sports, 200 to 1, 12 places each way are 50 odds on both. So I'm maxing out the places to 12. 200, 200 to 1. So basically, we're working through a 40 to 1 top 12 bet, yeah? Mm-hmm. Hayden Buckley... And 
Jordan Smith. Mm. Wouldn't put you off. It's not my style. Any kind of top 20, top 40 bet as well, if that's your style. But you've got Buckley and Smith, who are 11th and 12th in my strokes game current form, eight-week metrics. There are many of them. I don't want to say you stole stole Hayden Buckley from me, but I'm going to claim that you stole Hayden Buckley from me. I'm I'm also on him. Um, People have been sniffing because he was priced up yesterday at 300 to 1, and I'm seeing 250s about him now on eight places. I'm taking every place imaginable. I'm taking all 12. Hayden Buckley, I I think, was top... He was fringy top 10, top 12 after 36 holes at Brookline last year at the US Open. So he's kind of proven that he can mix it. I'd say he's far better now than he was 12, uh, 11 months ago. Jordan Smith, top 10 finisher at the PGA Championship that they played at Beth Page Black in 2019. Nice. We know what we're getting with Jordan, can't putt. But driving, approach and around the green, top, top level. Yep. If he doesn't make a Horlix of it on the greens completely, I can definitely see him making the cut. I can definitely see him being top 40. And I'm trying to squeeze him in, into top 12, which is difficult, but I'm going for him. So what are your thoughts on Buckley, Barry? The thing that really clicked for me was his greens and regulation percentage. He's ninth yep. on tour for that. And that this week wow. is particularly um, appealing. I mean, his, he's seventh for total driving fourth for strokes gained off the tee so he's just yeah. putting himself into um he's just giving himself lots of opportunities just to make golf easy for himself and make stress-free pars give himself some birdie looks hope and and you know the hope is that he continues to do that this week and then 250 to one with 12 places is a very fun place to be mm. I didn't go mm. for Smith. I've one other one I, in that long shot section. Um, it's Taylor Moore. Yeah. What price are you getting on him? I got 150. I bet it's not there now. Uh, it still is. It is? It still well, is. I'm going to have a dab on that as well because Taylor Moore's an exceptional talent as well. Yeah. Bet 365, eight plays each way. Yeah, Taylor Moore. Yeah, great. He's all over the metrics. He's playing some outstanding stuff. Yeah. He's, what is he, 15th, 16th in your strokes gain total. That's right, yeah. Um, an excellent putter. Guy's playing some good golf, and that those are nice odds for a 12 places each way in a major. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't put you off Taylor Moore at all. Yeah. I'm seeing 12 places each way, the 50 odds with balls at 100. You can get him at 10 places at 125. I might have a double on that. 150 on the eights. Yeah, Taylor Moore's. And the, the, the feedback you get from, you know, um, from Sage viewers and uh, analysts over in the States is that Taylor Moore's the real deal. So, yeah, this could be his breakout major, I think, potentially. He's got all of the game. A winner at Valspar, wasn't he? 70-1 to 1 earlier this season. Yeah. 
So yeah, it can yeah. clearly get on with tougher tracks. Hmm. So there you go, listeners. We've even given you a tranche of long shots as well that you might be able to get involved with. Yeah. Enough to get your teeth into. Absolutely. Who are you terrified about going well that nearly made your bets? What, uh, one more to throw out there. We've said it all, all for a long time on this. Comes from nowhere. Doesn't need to have form. Long courses, technical scoring when it's a real struggle. Kurt Kitayama would not be surprised to see him up near the uh, top mm. of the leaderboard. Who am I scared of? Oh, God. Just, to, do you know what I'm most scared of at the moment? I'm most scared of how they're going to how the draw is going to pan out. Because mm. if I've got three or four of the you know my main tips on the AM PM side, I think I'm done for. That's right. Forecasts can change too. They can. Mm-hmm. That's my major concern at the moment: the draw. But we'll see. As we said, it's 48 hours before, so. Yeah. Well, the guy that no one's backing um, that I can see is Rory, and the, the way this game works is that he's the one that then ends up being uh, the, the one who goes and wins it. And you know, I could be wrong, there might be a late surge for him, but I think it could, the, the incoming form seems to be, you know, the, the wrong side of what you need for this, and uh, it's put a lot of people off. But, uh, it, it was the same for Ram for the Masters, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Don't do it, Paul. Did <laughs> oh, you see Scotty finding the, finding the old putter and all of a sudden at halfway he's five shots clear of the field? And yeah, maybe. Oh, maybe. God. Well, Scotty's won this one. Hmm. Mm. Or maybe Let's after see. we've slagged him off absolutely disastrously, Patrick Cantlay wins by nine. Oh no! Yeah, and the whole golf betting community's switched off, apart from those that are on him because he's taking (laughs) thirteen minutes for each putt. Yeah, well, I'll get some more sleep on Sunday night if he's playing. I know that much. (laughs) Could you see him paired up with Kevin Nar in a in a tournament? That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Oh, the match! I would love to see. Yeah, just (laughs) just want to see Brooks and Cantley. Brooks's eye. Oh yeah. And, well, you might, well throw, you might as well throw Brooks in there for a th- for the third part of the group as well, just it's for fantastic. real entertainment. <laughs> well, I hope your bets go well, chaps. Yeah. Best of luck, chaps. I think we have enough coverage. Hopefully, we have the winner. Mm. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, best of luck to listeners, of course, with their bets. Uh, a five star review would be nice if you could spare the trouble. Um, if you've enjoyed the show. Uh, a five-star review on Apple, or just press that five-star button on Spotify. Um, that really does give the podcast a huge boost. I hope your bets go well. Please gamble responsibly. And we'll be back next week. See you soon. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved. All the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system It's the golf betting system Podcast
แค่